Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Trucking 101, surviving your first year with host Melissa Grimm. We'll talk about safety, managing your money, and real life out on the road. Our group has over 100 years of combined real-world driving experience. You've got questions, we've got answers. Now it's time for everyone's favorite DOT officer. 23 years in law enforcement, 7 years as a commercial transport officer. He was a CBSA instructor and has conducted thousands of roadside inspections. He now serves in the driver's side of our industry, Mr. Dale Howard. I'm just doing my job. Yeah, I'm the highway patrol. Good evening and welcome again to Compliance Corner. I am your host, Dale Howard, and I'm just so grateful you took some time out of your day to tune in and join the show. Anytime you want to push one and jump in, Melissa is screening calls for us, so uh, don't be shy. And uh, got a couple of points tonight, and then we'll open it up and see what you guys want to talk about. I thought I would uh, start off today and talk about accountability. You know, anybody that's on Facebook, we've all seen the videos and, you know, guys running into things. And you know what? If you mess up, own it. When I was a fresh, cute little recruit right out of the academy, my very first posting, I showed up in my spit and polished and really shiny boots and pressed shirt and all the spit and polish everywhere. And my sergeant took me aside and said, you know what? You're going to have a really, a really good career, but you got to know one thing. If you screw something up, I need to know about it. I don't care what you do, what you've done. You need to phone me and together, whatever you've done, we can work that out. If I hear it from somebody else, and I'm surprised, if the chief or an inspector phones me, and it's a surprise, you are on your own, because I can't help you then. And you know, those were, those were great pearls of wisdom, and I give full kudos to Sergeant Wayne Larson, great sergeant, great guy to work for, and he truly did have my back. And, uh, you know, occasionally I messed up, and he was the first phone call. And, you know, Sarge, I'm an idiot. And what's he going to say? You're right. You're an idiot. Don't do that. Now let's move on. Same goes in our industry. You know, if you've screwed up, please don't keep that your own little secret, because as hard as you're going to try to keep that your own little secret, it's not your own little secret. 
a good friend of mine was uh, just assigned a brand new truck and three three trips in a large mega carrier took him out at the Flying J in Barstow, California. And the young driver just stuffed the truck in gear and started to drive away. And uh, my buddy's out there in his shorts at 1 o'clock in the morning like a crazy man running around the parking lot and got the driver stopped and they uh, exchanged all their information. But you know what? If you back into somebody, if you hit something, you know what? Own it. We all make mistakes. We've all learned somewhere. And you know what? Our very first driving job, they pretty much built that in there that you're going to trade paint with somebody. So we're going to try and make it as least painful for everybody that we can. If you haven't, if you have an incident, own it. I can't stress that enough. Uh, I'll relate a story in my uh, enforcement career. We had a building mover that uh, moved houses, and sometimes he moved them by feel. And I got a frantic call at 5 o'clock one morning from one of our neighboring agencies. Something big and white had rolled through their town and had hit three cars. Can you come over and help us out? So I got dressed, jumped in my patrol unit, roared over there, and Main Street looked like a scene right out of Twister. There is building material all over the place. There's insulation everywhere. And there's three cars, three vehicles, that were legally parked that are now not so legally parked in houses and on front lawns. This driver just stuck it in gear and kept going. And he was making a beeline for the acreage where this home was going to be located. And he was just going to quietly pay the damage. And we didn't, you know, if we hadn't have found him, we wouldn't have found him. Luckily, there was a... Uh, bylaw officer in a small town that was fairly observant and when I put out the broadcast that I'm looking for something big and white with some damage he gets on the radio and says geez I got a house here with a lot of damage bingo there's our man so at the end of the day he had three criminal code charges which is the equivalent of a felony hit and run had he stayed at the accident scene, you know, his insurance had to pay at the end of the day when he was caught, but he would have left with a ticket, or, you know, maybe it wasn't just a case, he just wasn't paying attention, and it's just kind of one of those it happens accidents. But when you put it in gear and put your foot into it and drive away, now it becomes hit and run. And when you've got a pilot car that's behind you giving you a play-by-play -play of the carnage that you're leaving, you bet I pursued the most serious charges I could possibly pursue against him. Because now you're just blatantly making a run for it. So if you bump into somebody in a parking lot, you know what? 
There's cameras everywhere. You're not getting away. Everybody's everybody's looking. I mean, we've all been on Facebook and watched the dash cam videos. You know what? Snap the maxis on, and as painless as it is, walk back there and start beating on the door and let somebody know what you've done. Own your mistakes. And then let's learn from our mistakes and move on. Nobody is going to take away your birthday because you bumped into somebody in a parking lot. So we can get over that. And if it's an ego thing, you know what? Check your ego at the door because it happens. So one of the ways we might be able to prevent that from happening is, I know this is going to come as a big shock to you, but I'm going to harp about pre-trips a little bit. Make sure we're doing a mental pre-trip. You know, are you fit for duty? If you get into a parking lot and things are a little tight and parking's at a premium and you feel yourself, because we can all feel ourselves getting excited, stop and take a couple of those deep cleansing, deep breaths from your toenails right to your eyebrows and bring yourself back down, get out, have a look around, formulate a game plan, do not back in on your blind side. If that's your only option, then find another parking spot or find another truck stop. Don't ever back in blindside. It's just not worth the risk. And at this point in your career, you know what? We just don't have the skill set to really pull that off consistently. And trying to learn that skill in a truck stop and using somebody's long hood Kenworth as a shoehorn, yeah, it's just not going to end well. So, you know, calm down, take a breath, big cleansing breaths, come up with a game plan. And we all, we all want to execute this and we, all, we don't want to look foolish. Well, you know what? If you've got to get in and out of that truck 17 times to get into that parking spot without rubbing any paint, I have more respect for you than if you just stuck it in gear and hoped for the best. And, and you know, maybe you did back in there without trading any paint. To this day, I'll get out five and six, seven, ten, fifteen times, whatever it takes to get in there safely without rubbing any fenders. And I run LA and uh, I usually spend a fair amount of time at the Petro truck stop there in Ontario. And it just galls me to no end the people that will just sit in their trucks and watch somebody fight to get into a parking spot. You know what? Get out and help somebody out. I mean, that's, that's what this show is all about. We're trying to help you out. So return the favor. If somebody's fighting to get into a parking spot, then get out and help him out. Don't wait with your phone thumb over the record button and wait for him to start scuffing paint and tearing mirrors off and, and destroying stuff. You know, let's, let's get out there, chip in, and help guys out. 
that's what we need to get back in this industry. Larry Wingett is uh, got a new book coming out, and uh, he's. Uh, I think the book in the title is Responsibility and What's Wrong with This World. Well, we need to start taking responsibility and owning our actions. And if we want things to change, we have to initiate the change. I can't expect somebody else to do it. And you know what? I can't fix the world and I can't change the world. But what I can do, and I'll quote Betty White, is I can change my little world and I can, I can make a difference in my little world. And if that's jumping on the radio here and helping out drivers with compliance issues, hey, I'm in. If that means getting out of my truck and helping somebody into a parking spot, hey, I'm in. If it means jumping out there and helping somebody slide a set of tandems, you know what? Help somebody out or make the offer. And if the guy's a jackass and doesn't want your help, well, you know, then you can sit there with your phone and get ready to post it on Facebook. But, you know, don't don't see that too often. People are just genuinely looking for a hand and, and you know, they're quite nervous. And, you know, let's get out there and help them out. Like I say, if you've screwed up, you've screwed up. You pick up the phone, you phone safety and compliance, and go, you know what? I'm a moron. This is what I've done. And the guy on the other end of the phone is going to go, yeah, you're right. You're an idiot. Don't do that anymore. Problem solved. Whereas if you just stick the truck in gear and point her to the exit, and now law enforcement gets involved, you know, now we've we've upped the ante a little bit, and we've kicked it up a notch to quote Emeril Lagasse, the world-famous chef. And now things, now you're narrowing up the opportunity to help you out. Because if you're just going to try and get away with it, A, you ain't going to get away with it, and B, you've just compounded your problems. Because now there's going to be, you know, if there wasn't paperwork involved, there certainly is going to be now. So that's all I got to say on that subject. Back to pre-trips. These temperatures are just brutal. And it's just as amazing me to no end, the amount of guys that get up in the morning and do whatever, come back out to the truck with either a 72-ounce Coke or a cup of coffee, point it in the wind and head for the head for the gate and no pre-trip. In this heat, things do not perform well. So pre-trips are crucial. Uh, Mike Beckett, if you tune in on the Sunday shows, you know, we'll go on forever about tire inflation. And in this heat, it is paramount to make sure that tires are properly inflated. And you think to yourself, well, self, I get a flat tire on the road, who cares? Not my tire. Well, if you're a company driver, technically that is true. But if uh, 
if you're sitting on the side of the highway and you're waiting for a service call, you know, that's two, three, four, five hours out of your life that you're just never going to see again. So, yes, you do have a dog in that fight. So if you're not doing pre-trips, please, that's the only way to start your day. Start out first thing in the morning, everything's cool. Get out there and have a real good look at things and prepare yourself for the day. Mentally, prepare yourself for the day. And make sure if you're uh, running in areas of the heat. I was in Baker, California a couple of weeks ago. It was 121 degrees. You know, make sure you've got lots of water. Stay hydrated. And uh, you guys that are in the open deck business, first off, why? Uh, just kidding. I, I pulled I pulled decks in uh, early on in my career. But uh, you know what? You guys especially need to really focus on properly being hydrated and really be aware of what heat stroke is because you are going to be of no value to your carrier, your family, or yourself if you're laying out in a parking lot somewhere and your toes are pointed to the sky. So know the signs of heat stroke. You know, Google it. You know, your 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 skin is clammy. You're you're dry, but it's really hot. You know, you're you're fighting to catch your breath. St- get into the shade. Get into the truck where it's cool. Fire up the AC. Get hydrated. No, absolutely no energy drinks. And I can't stress that enough. Five-hour energy in this heat is not your friend. So get rid of those if you're drinking them. This is kind of sacrilege for Aaron, but you don't really need the Mountain Dew either because that level of caffeine is not going to help you out at all. Can't believe I'm saying it, being a diehard coffee fan. Yeah, coffee really isn't doing you a world of good. So, yeah, lots of water, lots of, uh, you know, Gatorade, Powerade. Really watch the heat. And the same goes for your pets. You know, for for anybody that's uh, traveling with a pet, you know, the heat is just killing them too. Uh, The temperature on the asphalt is just insane. So, be careful where you let them out so you don't burn their little feet. Again, if you want to jump in, push one, and we'll uh, we'll start getting to your calls. If anybody's not sure on how to do a pre-trip and you just don't want to push one and for whatever reason you think you're going to embarrass yourself or ask a silly question, I'm on Facebook. Find me on Facebook. Shoot me a message. I'll give you my number and messenger. And anything I can do to help you out, I am more than grateful to do. I run Interstate 15 from uh, Canada to L.A. So I'm in a bright orange T680 Kenworth that's fairly shiny with uh, Needham trucking on the trailer, pull a reefer. So hunt me down on the road, and uh, I am thrilled to death to throw on my coveralls and walk you through a good pre-trip. The uh, 
for those of you who are hauling refrigerated freight, uh, this heat is really raising heck with units. Be very careful and make sure when you're loading product that you're uh, pulping your product, taking the temperature of what you're loading. And uh, I'm very fortunate that uh, my carrier's a real stand-up guy, and he's bought us all those nice digital thermometers because a lot of the uh, produce docks don't want you uh, sticking their uh, their product with a uh, an intrusive thermometer. So if uh, if you haven't got one, you know, go to AutoZone or uh, you know a lot of the parts stores, Home Depot, they sell them. Lowe's sells them. They're a uh, digital thermometer. They're not a lot of money, and as products going into the trailer. You know, you can zap it on the way by and get a uh, fairly accurate temperature. And uh, if, uh, just to throw it out there, you're loading uh, onions and they want the temperature at 50 degrees, but they're putting product in the trailer that's 70 degrees, been sitting out on the dock in the sun, you're not going to bring it down that 20 degrees and you're just setting yourself up for a world of hurt. So that's when you get on the phone get all the dispatch and the bills say 50 degrees, the products at, at 70 degrees, pass the buck. What do you want me to do? And uh, it's the old CYA. If you're uh, loading at a facility that won't allow you on the dock, you know what, when you pull out of the dock to uh, close your doors, jump up into the trailer remembering the three points of contact when you're getting in and out of the trailer. And uh, you can pulp the product. You know, you can easily get to the nose of the trailer and uh, on shorter pallets. And you know what, if the pallets are that tall, all you can do is is check the last two. But uh, at least make the effort and uh, save yourself and your carrier a whole lot of grief. If you wind up with a problem with a refrigeration unit on the road, you know, get a hold of dispatch and get somebody on the phone and let them know what's going on, where you are. Never, ever, ever open the doors because if it's, uh, you know, product will usually stay at a relatively constant temperature for two or three hours if you leave the doors closed, because it takes a long time for, you know, imagine a 50-foot block of product that's eight feet wide, five feet tall, to start to heat up and and cause your problems. But uh, you need to deal with that right away. And again, it goes back to the pre-trip. Long before you get to the customer to load the trailer, make sure your reefer is going to start. Run the programmed pre-trip through it. Check the oil. Check to make sure you've got antifreeze, you know, the coolant levels. Check the belts. And if things look a little fuzzy, get on the phone and ask somebody to help you out. Pre-cool the trailer to uh, whatever temperature they uh, want it set to before you get to the dock. And a lot of customers, before they load you, will verify and make sure that the trailer is pre-cooled. But, you know, if not... Let's get back to taking some pride in uh, 
how we do business and how we conduct ourselves. And just taking that little bit extra to uh, ensure that uh, we're loading our product damage-free and we're going to deliver it on time damage-free. And that's uh, that's all the uh, that's all really the uh, customers asking from us. Any questions or comments? Please push one and jump in there, and we'll uh, do our best to help you out. A uh, little update on the e-log uh, situation. There was a uh, bill introduced in the House to postpone e-logs. Uh, don't know how much traction it's going to get because it's got to get through the Senate, and the Senate right now is fairly consumed with health care. So hours of service really isn't high on their radar. And... Uh, when I talked to uh, a friend in Washington, uh, Bethesda, Maryland, who's connected to Washington, uh, doesn't really see it getting a whole lot of traction. And at very best, it's a decision will probably not come down till the 11th hour because they've got to, uh, you know, they're so focused on this health care bill that... Uh, if they uh, attach a lot of, you know, earmarks onto the uh, transportation bill, it's just going to die a slow death in Congress, and uh, they'll just carry on with their focus. So I would continue to plan for. December the 18th as business as usual and uh, you know what it's not the end of the world I pull a reefer I haul produce I do multi picks and I know this is just absolute crazy talk but I unloaded in Los Angeles Monday went up the valley and loaded two picks on Monday loaded my last pick Tuesday afternoon and uh, I'm on point to deliver on time tomorrow morning. So all we have to do is, you know, do a little planning and uh, do what we always do. And e-logs are just not going to be the end of the world for us. Uh, for hey, those Dale. of you who are... I got a caller on the line for you. He's got a comment about pre-cooling the trailers, briefers. Ab absolutely. Let's jump in there. Okay, we got Scott in Wisconsin. Scott, you're on the air. Hey, Scott. Hey, guys. How's it going tonight? In. Great. Hey, uh... Yeah, I used to haul reefers a fair bit, too. And uh, one thing I noticed... Um, if you're going to be using like logistics bars, the like the press fit bars, um, you know, that go into uh, they press into the sides of the trailers, uh, you'll want to actually pre cool those as well. Because I've noticed that if you know you keep those on the back of your uh, catwalk and after you get loaded and then throw them into the uh, the trailer, that once they cool down, they're going to shrink. And now that pressure that they were you know, push up against the wall, they're just going to drop to the floor and do you no good. So that was one of the uh, 
tricks that one of my trainers pointed out to me that you want to prequel those as well. You know, actually, that's a uh, yeah, great point, Scott. Thanks very much for jumping in with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another trick I use with those load locks is uh, I'll put them in on a, on a little bit of an angle and then get them started and then force them up against the product and then lock them into place so you've got a good fit. But you're absolutely right. Uh, anything we store on the back of the truck, especially with these new trucks, uh, a little side note, when uh, when you're going down the road and your truck does a passive regen, and if you've got the weed burner exhaust, you know what, and even if you don't, the amount of heat, the, the temperature of the exhaust coming out of the pipe is over 1,500 degrees. So it gets really toasty between the cab and the reefer. And uh, I've got a weed burner exhaust on my truck, and it's actually causing me some grief when I'm coming out of California in those long grades and the, the high heat, it's, uh, you know, reefer shutting down due to a uh, high, uh, high pressure code. Uh, the head pressure in the compressor just can't take the heat and, and the unit shuts down. And yeah, it's, this heat is just driving us all crazy. So yeah, great, great point. You know, load the, uh, Cargo securement needs to be pre-cooled as well. What uh, what segment of the, of the of the market are you in now, Scott? Oh, hang on, I put him back on hold just a second. Oh, sorry. There we go. He's back. Uh, go that's ahead. okay. Yeah, uh, now I run a, a local dedicated. I uh, a holly. They call it wet lap. It's like sheets of paper pulp. So okay. Yep. Um, and if you got any load securement tips on that, it's um, I'm not, so. Are you actually familiar with what that is? Oh yes, I. Uh, it's uh, the uh, I hauled pulp, uh, and it's uh, the stuff I hauled was in dry vans in uh, oh great big bales. Is that what you're hauling? It is, but it, it's not like the bundled bales. The it actually the stuff that we haul. Uh, they also call it wet lap. It's uh, comes out at about fifty percent water, so uh, yes. it just it tears up the trailers. I mean, rust like you wouldn't believe. But uh, yeah, they just you know load it straight to the floor, and you know you can forget logistics bars or load straps or anything like that because it, it <laughs> if those bales are to move, it they just go right around your your load securement. Yeah, you know, I I wish I had something something for you, but boy, I got nothing. And yeah, you're right. The uh, the humidity in those trailers is just just nuts. Yeah. Well, thankfully they do seem to uh sit fairly well, kind of like how those uh anti-slip mats, uh, they you know, these bales weigh about 2000 pounds each, so they seem to have uh, enough friction. We haven't actually had any issues with them. Uh, you know, sliding around, but I was just kind of, you know, curious on your take on that. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's the one thing that I noticed when I hauled them. The uh, the moisture content is just so high that, uh, yeah, they're just a great big wet gob, and yeah, <laughs> they just don't seem to move. It's just, it's just like a two thousand pound spitball, you know, once it's stuck to the floor. <laughs> It's just kind of uh, stuck there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to remember I that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That's the best analogy I could come up with. 
All right. Oh, well, that that's all I had. I mean, you know, unless you had any other questions for me. <laughs> <laughs> nope. That's uh, there. There's the uh, there's your uh, your new wisdom for the night, and and your new yeah, uh, your new talking point for tomorrow at the dock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks. You guys have a good evening. Take care, Scott. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, just uh, anybody else, don't be shy. Hit one and uh, jump in the conversation, and and we'll uh, we'll sure do our best to help you out. Uh, back to you know just uh, just the heat and and being prepared. Come up with uh, make sure you know for for those of you out in the uh, in the southwest and the uh, the southeast and the uh, you know the guys that are fighting the humidity. You know that that just really beats you up. And the guys here in the West Coast, you know, if you're out in the desert, it's uh, it's just as bad as uh, what we consider our winters. And you need to come up with a plan. If things go sideways, how am I going to survive? Because it literally could be life and death for you. And, uh, you know, equipment doesn't do well. This new technology, we all know how reliable it it is. And, you know, a sensor goes bad, shuts you down. Now you've got no AC. You know, you could be in a world of hurt in a big hurry. Uh, another pet peeve that uh, we can uh, we can all take to uh, take to heart and take home with us in uh, in our personal lives if your significant other rides with their feet up on the dash stop that I have a rule in my vehicle I'm kind of a neat freak and if you've got your feet on my dash you better be wearing white cotton socks and your feet better be soaked in armor all because that's the only time they need to be on that dash what will happen, and I'll relate a story, they, uh, we had a, one of our local girls, she was uh, in the rodeo, rodeo world, and uh, her and her mom are coming back from a rodeo, a deer pops out of the ditch, she's sitting there with her feet on the dash, the airbag deploys, and what inflates those airbags is an explosion. It's an explosive device that inflates that bag. The force of that airbag blew both her legs right out of the sockets. It drove her feet up through the windshield. They're hoping that she will be able to walk unassisted, best case scenario. Her barrel racing career is over with. So, you know, for whatever reason, if we're looking cool or whatever the reason is you want your feet on the dash, they belong on the floor mat. And I just cringe every time a car goes by me and I see somebody reclined and their feet are on the dash because that airbag deploys, you are in a world of hurt and serious hurt. And again, you know, we've all seen the technology, the check engine light, the throw cache of the dealer light pops on for whatever reason. 
there's nothing saying that that sensor isn't going to fail and that airbag isn't just going to explode for whatever reason. And if any parts of your body are in the way, boy, you're, uh, you're in a world of hurt. Uh, I've, I've performed first aid on accident victims where the airbag has deployed and done exactly what it's supposed to do. But, uh, yeah, just the force of the impact will, you know, break your nose and, and do all kinds of things. And, you know, it's saved your life in the collision, but as the, you know, secondary effect to that, it's done some collateral damage. So, yeah, please tell all your friends and make sure anybody that you care about has their feet firmly on the floor until the ride comes to a full and complete stop. Hi, uh, Dale, we have another question on the line. You bet. All right, we got Darren in California. Hi, Darren, you're on the air. Hey, hey Darren, what part of California? Are you in the hot part of California or the part of California that's on fire? I'm going to be in both. I'm in L.A. at the moment. I'm heading up to Sacramento and then across back through to, Cal- uh, to Calgary. Oh, oh. oh, really? Oh, okay. I, uh, I'm i just on my way to Edmonton. I just did the uh, L.A. up to... Uh, <laughs> two picks in the Fresno area or three picks in the Fresno area and across Donners. And yeah, boy, it's, it's just brutal up there. What can I help yeah, you out exactly. with? Pardon? What can I help you out with? I just want to find out, do you know of any smartphone apps that would give loading patterns for trailers? So when you're picking up like totes going south, you can give you the loading patterns for what they are. Um, again, for produce coming back. You know, I don't. Um, boy, there's you know there's a great uh, a great idea for somebody. Typically, what yeah. I do is I keep a uh, I just keep a notebook and uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of by guess and by golly. And when I uh, you know when I finally come up with a load pattern that works, you know I make note of it so that you know when I've got to load that again. It, uh, yeah, exactly. You know, it no, works for me. I just, uh, are you yeah. doing a reefer or drive-in? Reefer. Oh, okay. So, yeah. But it's whether they're on pallets and things like that as well, and whether you're loading sideways or chimney block, and I have a 48 and I've got a 53. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, and I'm normally bringing totes coming down from Saskatchewan. So. Oh, okay. So. What, uh, how long have you been in the reefer business? Oh, 20 years. Oh, okay. But I just bought my own truck. Um, next week, I pick up my own truck. So. Oh, nice. I have to pay more attention. You know, <laughs> there, there you go. You know, generally a rule of thumb, anything that's packed in ice, uh, mm-hmm. you know, bro- broccoli, celery, you know, they use those hateful cardboard wax boxes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> ask me how I know that you always load those sideways. <laughs> Yes, because <laughs> you picked them up. Because you, you, you only restack one load like that, and boy, mm-hmm. it comes real clear to you. Self, note to self, don't yeah. ever put those in straight yeah. ever again. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be a better way of loading those. <laughs> or packing yeah. them. So yeah, anything, anything on ice is, uh, yeah, is always sideways. 
and something to be careful with if you get uh, if you get mixed loads. Uh, you know, if your last if your last pick is two or three or four pallets of watermelon, and you've got a bunch of product that's uh, packed in ice, boy, that watermelon will suck the ice out of that load in no time. Okay. Hmm. Uh, this is something that I get normally between six to ten picks. So, and I don't know where my last picks are when I start my first picks because they don't tell us all wow, at once. You, you need a new customer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, they're right. ourselves. <laughs> I hold for my own company, I I... so they, they basically buy and change the order as you go. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, but it can uh, be you challenging. know what? Sure. If you want to, uh, if you want to send me a message in Messenger, I'll uh, I'll shoot you my phone okay. number. Or uh, sure. Or actually, if uh, when Melissa puts you on hold, uh, she yep. can uh, she can give you my phone number. And uh, give me a call, and we can chat. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe uh, maybe come up with some ideas to uh, help each other out on a loading pattern. Yeah, exactly. Because I've got a few, but there must be a better way of doing it with the smartphones now. You know, like with smartphones yeah. and things like that. There's got to be a way of, <laughs> you know, basic mathematics. Yeah. Working. Well, and and uh-huh. you're absolutely right. We should. You know, I'm I'm a big fan of let's work smarter, not harder. And uh, exactly. If, uh, you know, even if we have to, you know, we can just brainstorm and share information and, you know, maybe put something up on the website to uh, yeah. to help people out. And, and uh, yeah, because you're right. It's, uh, gosh, when I got into the business, it was, uh, you know, whatever, whatever way the shipper thought you should do it. And hopefully he wasn't exactly. having a bad day. And, yeah. Uh, Cal- California with that stupid 40-foot rule that would just make you crazy on a good day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the things like the strawberries that they won't load sideways and things like that. Yeah. Uh, it screws you up. Yep. And <laughs> oh, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> I feel your pain. You know. But, hey. Yeah. It, it's nice uh, if you have one pick. It's easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it's not very I don't awesome. think. No. And uh, are, you e- are, are you on e-logs yet? I run my own e-logs. I run the Keep Trucking app, so oh, okay, it works perfect. quite well. That's absolutely that's uh, that's the app I'm using, and and actually I have the Doomsday mm-hmm. device wired into the ECM, and uh, okay, I haven't the sun that still. <laughs> well, the sun still comes up every day, and uh, but I'm, yeah. I'm glad you're proactive and and you're doing something because the last thing we want to do is yeah. get caught December the seventeenth with oh no. My business model won't support this. Now what do I do? Exactly. Well, I quite like that key trucking app because it works quite well. So it's easy and user-friendly. So, uh, yeah, but you see, the other thing is I run uh, Slipseat. I run Slipseat at the moment, so I'm not sure how that was going to work from going to truck oh, to truck. Okay. But obviously now I buy my own truck, then it's easier because I run as a relief driver for other owner operators. Oh, okay. Yeah. what I was uh, doing. You know so. what? It... Uh, uh, you, you know, it works. It works pretty good because you can just uh, when it's hardwired into the ECM, you just sign out of, out of whatever truck you get out of and sign into whatever truck you get into. And uh, the only problem is it, they don't have e logs. <laughs> They're running paper. Yeah, yeah. Well, yet yet <laughs> they don't. Yeah. But uh, uh-huh. yeah, they need to. Uh, they need to at least, you know, approach the subject and talk about it. 
and start looking into it because if it uh, you know if it comes into pass and you know it's already a law in the books and there's there's no guarantee that uh, it's not going to to be in and, and I know the cattle haulers and yeah. some of the old guys mm-hmm. are bound to determine that it's not going to come in but like I say my uh, my friend that's fairly connected in Bethesda Maryland seems optimistic yep. that it is coming so be proactive. I have another question now you've just said that. Now we also Absolutely. bring bees down from uh, as well. So sometimes yep. we bring the bees down from Saskatchewan or the leaf cutter bees. So I heard that leaf cutter, uh, if you're a bee hauler, that makes you exempt because you're like the cattle holders. So how does that work? <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> they've come up well. with yeah, they've, they've come up with uh, right now you are if you're hauling livestock you're exempt from the uh, half hour break. Yeah. So while you're but, loaded with livestock, yeah. you don't have to take the half hour break. But weren't they the, going to exempt that from e-logs altogether? Well, there's a bill in the House that they were going to exempt the uh, cow haulers, and it would spill over to anybody with livestock from running the e-logs for one year. And that just Mm -hmm. is bizarre to me because the problem is not the electronic (laughs) logging device. No. All all the e-log is is a a digital version of your paper log. The problem is the hours of service regulation. So what what the livestock industry is saying is well, you know, we can comply with the regulation, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, but we can't do it electronically. We have to do it on paper so that we can log off the speedometer and make this all work. Uh-huh. And I'm not sure, you know, let's let's identify the problem. Let's come up with a problem, but nobody wants to nobody wants to uh say hours of service are a problem because God, it that just turns into such a nightmare every time we try and put that genie back in the bottle. <laughs> so I would say shippers. <laughs> yeah, well, but you know what? The uh, the electronic logs are going to do a lot of positive things for the industry. You know, gone are the days where these shady carriers, and we all know yep. the ones that will deliver their stuff overnight, regardless of of hours. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you know what? For for those of us who are compliant and trying to do things right, you know, how do you? That really takes away a competitive advantage, and gives yeah. them an advantage over you, and that's not right. No. So shippers are going to, you know, be accountable, and and we've got customers that are starting to ask, you know, how are you going to comply, and what steps are you taking, and and what's going to change in your operation, and. And we're fairly fortunate that really nothing's going to change in our operation because, you know, we do things right. Uh, yeah. Our customers pay us to, to do things right, and, and we do do things right. Um, when I went to e-logs, it's nothing changed in my world. Um, no, not really. Like I say, mm-hmm. the sun comes up every day, and it just becomes more, I have to plan my day. Uh, the days yeah. that I'm going to unload and reload you have to put a little effort into it, but really it's not the end of the world. And, 
you know, you just have to be able to pick up the phone to your customer and go, you know what, that just, sorry, that's that just can't happen. But this can. I can do this for you. Yeah, exactly. And no, there's no. a lawyer starving yeah. to death on every street corner, and they know that. And, you know, they yeah. just don't want the liability. And So it's, it's you know, as much as a, and don't get me wrong, I'm I'm not a big fan of, of the government minding my business for me, but but we as an industry have brought this on ourselves, and uh-huh. you know what? It's let's make the best of it, and how can we make this work in our operation? Exactly. What well, I think tie the two hours of service between Canada and U.S. together, that would also be better. Oh, you know. geez, I don't want to work that hard though. I'm I'm kind of old and lazy. <laughs> well, yeah. Exactly. And, and you know what? I'll throw this out there. In uh, in Ontario, Canada, uh, mm-hmm. recently we sentenced the owner of a trucking company to six months in prison. Now, this yeah. is a country that just gave a convicted terrorist $10 million and, and is going to say they're sorry. Uh, <laughs> the owner of a trucking company is actually doing jail time for allowing one of his employees to falsify you know, records. Yeah. So mm-hmm. don't think this stuff doesn't happen. And in the U.S., especially, you go to prison to that. And, yeah. you know, I just, 23 years in law enforcement and the skin on the back, the little hairs on the back of my neck every time that gate on those bars slammed closed behind me. God, I hated that. Yeah. So no, exactly. I never, ever want to stand on that side of the bars, not in a uniform. Mm-hmm. And an orange yeah. jumpsuit is not the uniform I want to be wearing. <laughs> exactly. Well, well, I agree. Well, great talking well, to you. And once uh, yep, Melissa puts you on hold, just uh, grab my phone number and, uh, yeah, let's chat. Yeah, no, that sounds good. Okay, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thanks for your And help. again, anybody yep, else? Anytime. Anybody else wants to... Uh, jump in the conversation, push one, Melissa will get you screened, and, uh, and like I say, I, uh, I have no, no qualms giving you my phone number, and, you know, we can talk off air, and, and uh, at the end of the day, I want to make sure that uh, you're, you're compliant, and you're not having problems. In uh, coming up in September is uh, Break Safety Week, so uh, we'll uh, we'll spend some time probably uh, tail end of August talking about that and getting you all prepared for that. So put that phone call uh, in the back of your uh, in your mind to uh, tune in, and uh, we'll make sure you get through that unscathed. But uh, with the warm weather, everybody, uh, all the inspectors are out there looking for inspections. So be prepared, and that starts with your morning pre-trip. We have another question on the line, Dale. Well, shoot, let's go. Okay, we got Keith in New York. Hi, Keith, you're on the air. Well, hello, uh, Dale. I'd like to talk a little bit about hours of service, and if you could change them, I know you're not Congress, how would you like to see them? What do you think would work best for the industry and the drivers? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about my situation. The last 10 days I've been logging on at 
8 o'clock in the morning, and by 10 o'clock at night, I'm dog tired. But yep. in the morning, I'm up and raring to go at 6 a.m., but the logbook says sit there. I'm following the rules, but I'd like to see where mandatory is 8 off-duty, and then uh, we have a maximum of 13 hours of work time during the uh, during the day with three hours of basically personal time for a driver to use in the sleeper, off-duty, whatever the driver chooses to do. I think for my body, that works best for me. What do you think? You know, great great question, and, and, yeah, somebody way smarter than me dreamed all this stuff up. But, yeah, if I could change anything, and I think, and, and rumor has it, that uh, once the e-log mandate is in, they're going to allow us to uh, stop that 14-hour clock for two hours. So we would have a 16-hour window in, in that 24-hour period to get our job done. That 14-hour clock is just a 14-carat pain in the butt. That just causes more grief. And, you know, in my operation with multiple picks, you know, if I could stop that clock and walk away from the truck for two hours or go have a nap. Uh, yeah, I uh, I would be a lot happier with that. I'm like you. I, uh, I'm i a morning person. I like to get out of bed, get up, get going when the sun's up, and get my work done. And, you know, 9, 10 o'clock, I'm, I'm done. So, yeah, if we could... Uh, if we could just have a little flexibility, and like I say, rumor has it that that's one of the uh, one of the bones they're going to throw the industry is uh, they're going to let us uh, go back to where we could, uh, you know, stop the clock and uh, extend our day because that 14-hour rule is just the worst thing that ever happened to the industry, in my humble little opinion. Well, I think I'll just about uh, absolutely agree with you there. If I could, if I could sleep eight hours, put in six, eight hours for the day, take two off, and then finish it out for a 13 or a 14-hour day, I think I think that'd work out pretty good for me. You know, well, and it does. And and one of the one of the benefits to uh, to the electronic log is, you know, that split splitting your sleeper and splitting your day up. Gosh, to do that in a paper log, you know, you pretty much need an accounting firm, a slide rule, and, you know, an algebra textbook to make that all work. And that is one of the benefits on an e-log. You know, if you've got a tight delivery or a tight pickup, one of the bonuses is the machine thinks for you and does all the calculations and and keeps you out of trouble. But, yeah, if we could if we could just stop that stupid clock, that would make our life so much easier. Well, we'll see and what my, comes down. We'll see what comes down in the next couple of years. And my hat oh. is off to you for running that East Coast. I uh, I've been out there a few times, and I will just bow to your superior ability. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, you have a good, you have yourself a good night, and uh, well, we'll see what Congress does in the next couple of years. There you go. Thanks for tuning in. Anybody else? Hit one, jump in the conversation, and uh, 
otherwise, I think we're uh, we're starting to wind down. Yep, we got about uh, less than four minutes, and I don't see any other callers on, so it's probably going to be about it okay. tonight. All right, I will uh, I will wrap us up then. You know, okay. uh, again, thanks thanks uh, everybody for tuning in. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Dale Howard. Uh, you can get a hold of me through uh, Let's Truck. Reach out to Melissa; she'll uh, she'll get us together. Uh, the uh, Trucking 101 homepage. Uh, you can find me there. Anybody running that Interstate 15 corridor? It's Needham Trucking in a bright, shiny, shiny orange T680. And again, please, guys. If we have a mess and we have a uh, we have an incident, please own that. And uh, you know what? There's no shame in in going in and saying, "Hey, I screwed up." They everybody has more respect for you doing that than turning tail and try and hide. Do those pre-trips, and again, really pre-trip yourself and make sure that you're fit for duty, and that'll solve you a, a lot of your problems. And please be prepared for this heat because it is brutal out in California. If you're a smoker, don't be throwing them cigarette butts out the window. Keep in the truck where they belong and uh, tune into Destination Health and it's a good time to quit smoking. So be healthy, be safe, be compliant, and be profitable. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you again. All right. Thank you, Dale.